0: Welcome to Hoops Coaching A to Z with Coach Terry Canova. This is a deep dive into everything coaching. Join my husband and his coaching friends from around the country as they explore the ins and outs of their profession. Big thanks to everyone who's contributed to making this podcast a huge success in its first year, reaching over 14 countries. Please continue to help the podcast grow by subscribing, leaving a five-star comment, and sharing it with your friends. Here you go, sweetie. I think you can take it from here.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of Hoops Coaching A to Z with me, Coach Terry Canova. This is going to be a special episode. It's going to be a very, very special episode for me, and I hope you guys will enjoy it. Uh, This week, as most of you probably already know, it's been plastered all over social media and uh, myself and our team at UMS, uh, we celebrated my 400th win as a girls high school head coach. Uh, no, I don't get to count all my wins that I got with Coach Petrie and coach Mona Martin and coach Du Bonan and no, I don't even count my wins with my guys out there from Catholic High, New Iberia. This is uh, this is just my girls' win. 400 win we celebrated uh, a few days ago. And, uh, you know, just flooded with uh, just just amazing amount of uh, people reaching out and congratulating me. And it was just overwhelming. And, you know, those of you out there, coaches, that have reached milestones like that, you know as well as I do that when something like that occurs, it's, it's, it, it makes you really stop and pause and think about the people that you shared that time with. And so one of the things I wanted to do on this week's podcast is not just have people get on here and and say, "Oh, I love you Coach C. I wanted uh, some folks to share some stories, whether it be funny stories or heartfelt stories or anything. So I, so I reached out as many people as I could and 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 I'm very, very thankful that for those who had time to respond and send a little clip, um, and, and and I'm going to share those. But but here's the reality: there are a handful of people, hopefully not more than that, who remember me differently. Who you know, and when you coach as long as I have, there are going to be some people who don't like you, who whose experience playing for me wasn't that good, and 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 that's okay. That's okay, there are players and coaches, or should I say players and parents out there who might not like coaches yelling at their beautiful daughters or sons and challenging them and trying to push them. But the goal, I think the goal should be for all of our coaches, all coaches, is to help as many people as you can. So as you listen to this, remember, I've had parents too who wanted me fired. So if you're one of those coaches out there, if you're running through a rough rough patch, hey, I get it. Listen to some of these players. Listen to their memories. And this is what you want as a coach. You want to touch more in a positive way. You can't get everybody on your side. Every day isn't going to be rosy. But as a coach, you've got to be as tough as, As you ask your players to be. And so uh, I want to read for you a little bit of a letter that I received. uh, It was several years ago. And uh, I think some of you coaches will get a kick out of it. Some of you might be surprised at this. But uh, I'm going to share this with you so before we talk about the good and the positive here is something that i received of course it was anonymous no one signed it but this was sent both to me and our athletic director and maybe even our principal basically here's how it goes this letter is to tell you the parents of ums right think at the end of this year you should resign this program is on a downward spiral You have allowed this to happen for many reasons. Your program is to let the best person play no matter what grade they're in. This program does not work. If you do not build your program with good, motivating coaches, the program will only be good if great players move in. Imagine that, huh? (laughs) You have failed repeatedly. You play your stepdaughter who should not play at all. She's the biggest rule breaker, and if she wasn't, uh, if she was anywhere else, she would not be on the team. You've continued to set a wrong example. There's some other things. He mentioned some names, or he or she, whoever wrote it, mentioned some names. I'm going to pass those up. You have failed to teach players discipline. You have failed to con- condition the girls repeatedly. You've allowed favoritism, even if the player breaks rules repeatedly. You have lost the respect of the girls and the parents. The kids are not getting better. They cannot even make layups, and we are a 4A program. Team organization is totally out of control. You claim to play the best players. Uh, I guess that that may be the gist of it. Uh, but anyway, the, 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 the reason I, I share that is because you're about to hear some players who had a great experience, players and coaches who had a very good experience with us, I I, I share that with you. It's not always going to be rosy. It's not always going to be great. Your goal as a coach out there is to help and love and challenge and motivate and push as many people as you can. Some are going to get it. Some will not. Um, Hopefully, more get it than not. And I think that's the goal. And so now... uh, Let me share a few of these messages from former players and coaches.
2: Hey, my name's Shelby Burton, and uh, I graduated in 2021, played for Coach Canova for quite a few years. Um, And when he reached out to me to do this, I really had a hard time choosing what memory to share because, gosh, there's so many, but especially so many funny ones. But um, I kind of decided on a little bit more heartwarming one um. so my grandpa was one of the biggest supporters of our basketball team in high school. He would not miss a single game. I really don't think he missed a single game, um, but after my sophomore year, he passed away, which was really hard on me, and Coach Canova and a few of uh, my teammates at the time showed up at the wake, and I just was not expecting that, and it has really stuck with me because it just really showed how much he cared for us on and off the court. Um, it was not just about our perform- performance on the court. It was, he cared about us as people. He made that team feel like a family. And I'm just grateful for having had that in high school and um, just grateful for my time as one of his players. And thank you so much, Coach Canoa, for everything you did back then. And uh, congrats on 400 wins.
1: My name's Garrett Schumacher, and I helped Terry Canova out for seven years at UMS Right. And uh, there was a home game pretty early on while I was helping out, and uh, and the game was much closer than it should have been at halftime. Um, and we get into the locker room, and Coach Canova's fired up, and he's laying into the girls a little bit. And, uh, and he said something along the lines of, I swear, if y'all give me a heart attack from this game and it kills me, I'm going to come back as a ghost, and I'm going to haunt all of y'all. And there was just a moment of silence there, and I'm, I'm trying to hold it in and not laugh. And the other assistant coach kind of let, let out a little chuckle, and then I just couldn't hold it in. We just all laughed about it. Um, but it was just such a fun, entertaining uh, memory of, of mine of him.
3: Hey, Coach, it's JJ. Oh man! <laughs> I don't even know how to share just one memory about our time together, but what I do know is if you've ever had Coach Canova as your coach, you know that he is the most caring, knowledgeable, respectful I could go on and on, but guy out there he's not just a coach, he's family. I always knew when Coach Canova was pissed at me, I was out on the court, and I'd refuse to even look over at the sideline. He'd be, you know, we all know he doesn't hide what he's thinking. He'd give a look like, what the heck? (laughs) He'd be on the ground hitting it. Um, His reactions on the court show everything. Um, Thanks, Coach, for making me the person I am today um there is one little story i'll never forget you brought the whole team to i think it was louisiana somewhere we were in the swamp and it was late at night we all on the bus trying to find where we were going we were lost there was no street lights but we were staying with um some of your friends in a big house um all the girls stayed in a big bunk room but i'll never forget when we got lost that night um but thanks for everything and i love
4: you coach Some of my favorite memories are definitely from whenever we traveled as a team. And one in particular would have to be whenever we went to New Orleans for the Thanksgiving tournament. And on the first day that we got there, like the first night, we all went to Dave & Buster's. And one of my best friends, Ellie, me and her spent the whole Dave & Buster's trip on this, like, racing ride. And we laughed so hard. And the whole team got involved. We were super competitive. And then the next day, we had a game. And in that game, I ended up breaking my ankle. And I was so sad. I was so heartbroken. And I was wondering if I was going to be able to make the team dinner because it was like a really nice restaurant, and I didn't want to feel left out. And I get to the hotel. I change. My teammates are helping me. And they end up carrying me to dinner. And I was so embarrassed at the time, but looking back, it was one of the best moments. And on the way home, Coach C and Coach Garrett carried me back. And the whole team thought it was so funny and laughing and stuff. And then the next day, I was still pretty down. I didn't really know what to do because I had to watch. And we all went to the zoo. And KB, Tori, Dorsey, Ellie, they all took turns pushing me in a wheelchair At the zoo, just so that I could be a part of the team, and if I could do anything, I would love to go back to those memories and play again, and it just really shows that time flies by so fast, and it's just, I'm so grateful to have those memories.
3: Hey Coach C, it's KV, just wanted to start this off by saying congratulations on your 400th win, and it's such an honor and blessing to say that I contributed at that. There are so many different memories that I could talk about, and I could go on for hours, but my favorite memory is probably the one that doesn't even have to do with basketball. It was actually the night before I left for college, and me and my best friend, who just happens to be one of my teammates, stormed into your living room at about 10 o'clock and decided that that's how we wanted to spend my last night in Mobile. We came in there and talked to you and Miss Kim and played with your cats, and we talked about my future and the future of the Lady Bulldogs. It was just such a comforting thing to know that you and Miss Kim have always been there for me. Our relationship is something I will forever cherish, and I would like to just thank you for being there for me on and off the court.
1: Notice the current theme there is not always basketball. It's about all those other things we do as a team and coaches it's about bonding it's about going on team trips and and all those other things uh we'll be right back and uh we're going to pause for a second and we'll be back
0: want to get away for the best vacation ever consider a group trip Whether a cruise or an all-inclusive resort, let Toes in the Sand Travel help you get there. There are some amazing perks for group cruisers. Trust us, we do one almost every year, and we help so many of our friends as well. For a trip of a lifetime, give us a call. You can message me on Facebook at Kimberly Tanner Canova, or you can find our Facebook page, Toes in the Sand Travel, but be sure it's the one that has our smiling faces on there just reach out. We'll help you.
1: Hey, honey, will you get packed? We got a cruise ship waiting on us now. (laughs) Let's go. Speaking of Miss Kim, give her a call and we don't just book trips. We booked any kind of travel you want. It could be a girl's getaway. I know we've got uh, some colleagues doing a group cruise, not a group cruise, but three or four girls getting away on a cruise. We do honeymoons, weddings, the whole deal. Give Miss Kim a call. Speaking of Miss Kim, what many of you guys don't realize is that Miss Kim hasn't been around for the whole 400-win journey, but Coach Amanda Niehoff was around when Miss Kim was introduced. So check this out.
5: I guess you'd consider this a long-term memory, but uh, while working with Terry at UMS um, for six years, he was single. Um, uh, One day, uh, I meet this uh, woman named Kim, and... I met her children. Uh, I don't know if I met the oldest one, but I, I remember uh, meeting uh, Sophie, the middle, middle daughter, and the youngest, Hayden. And uh, I, I think we went to dinner, maybe had drinks, you know, uh, Tyler and I and Canova and Kim. And I just remember a couple weeks later uh, us having a conversation in his office, and, and I told him, uh, brother, She is the best thing that has ever happened to you. If you mess this up, it's your fault, and I'm going to punch you in the face. And they are currently married on year eight or year nine. Forgive me that I don't know, but uh, I I still believe that uh, she is the best thing that has ever happened to you, and if you mess that thing up, I'm going to punch you in the face.
1: And uh, it is actually 10, but... uh... Sometimes, coaches, you got to listen to your assistant coaches, and I did. It was the best advice I've ever gotten from one of my assistant coaches, and uh, here you are. But we're going to break away from the uh, 400-win journey. Coach Amanda Niehoff is someone near and dear to my heart. She was not always part of this 400-win journey. She was one of my players in another life when I was a college coach. So let's get a little bit of our origin, if you will, on Coach Amanda Niehoff's and I's relationship. This is when she was Amanda Leonard. These are two stories that she just loves to tell. So here we go.
5: One of my first memories of Coach Canova was a 19-year-old freshman from Edmond, Oklahoma, playing JUCO at Carl Albert State College. And I get this phone call on a bus ride—I think to an away game—and it's this deep Creole voice that I didn't recognize. Talked to him for a few minutes. He introduced himself as Terry Canova, assistant coach at South Alabama. I talked to him for a little bit, and and all I remember after we got done talking is that this guy has got to be a 300-pound black man with the type of accent that he has and the depth of his voice, and I, I get back from my road trip. I get on my uh, desktop. Um, that's how old I'm getting now, and I Google South Alabama, and I scroll down to the coaches, and I see this goofy old little... Uh, Mr. Rogers looking white boy, and I'm thinking, goodness gracious, what have I gotten myself into? A couple weeks later, I'd take a visit. A couple weeks after that, I'd sign my papers, and and that that really started my my journey from player to assistant coach to colleague to friend. Um, Coach Canova has probably been one of the most influential people in my lives as far as uh, my coaching career goes, and I'm forever grateful for that.
1: Well, let, let's just say it's really, really nice to be the assistant coach sometimes, but there was there was one occasion. There was one occasion when I had to be the not so nice guy. We needed to give Coach Petrie a little bit of a break. And uh, Amanda loves to tell this story as well.
5: As an assistant coach at South Alabama, uh, Canova was awesome. Um, he was a good guy. He, he, he made a, us players always feel like we could come to his office, we could talk to him. Um, he, he was a safe place. Uh, I'll never forget this one road trip, or I guess – two-game road swing we had. We um, went to uh, Oregon and saw the Pacific Ocean for the first time. Went to my first NBA game uh, and and we were set to play uh, both Oregon State uh, and Portland State. Uh, And I, I remember... You know, Oregon State, you know, on paper was head and shoulders, you know, uh, above us as far as personnel to personnel. Um, and, and so when we got to or- uh, Portland State, you know, we walked in, you know, and, and, um, you know, every, every one of those girls looked, looked like a 5'7", you know, white girl, you know, not very intimidating. Um, and, and I think my teammates and I uh, kind of took that for granted um, because we didn't really show up to play that game. And uh, that was the one time as a player that I ever saw Coach Canova not be the good guy. Uh, it was halftime. Uh, Portland State had us in a classroom. We didn't have locker rooms. We had to go to bathrooms down the hall. I mean, typical, you know, road game road game situations. But uh, uh, I remember uh, I drew the short stick and got the front row desk. And we were all, you know, before the coaches came in at halftime, we were all thinking, oh, no, Petrie's about to go off. And he's just about to lay into us. And um, little did we know uh, Coach C., uh, walked in, and, and he just turned freaking New Orleans West Bank on us and just went off. I could, I could barely understand the words that was coming out of his mouth, but all I know is I was in that front row, and he was punching his hand, and he was saying, you know, they're just punching you in the face and punching your face, and you're not fighting back. And, I, you know, I have no I, I idea what else he said, but all I know is my stubborn self um, sat up straight at my desk, and there was no way on God's green earth I was about to flinch as this man was going off on us, um, and, and, and he probably ranted for about six or seven minutes. Um, and you know, like I said, still to this day I have no idea what he said. He went he went straight West Bank on us, but um, he lit us a new one, and and. Um, You know, it must have worked because I think we came back out and and, uh, took the game in the last couple seconds. But uh, uh, like I said, as a player, that is the only time I've ever seen um, Coach – Coach Canova go off on us, and um, um, it, it's, it's kind of funny because I see him as a head coach now, and I, I, he's actually calmed down quite a bit, but um, to see those roles reverse and 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 have that memory is, is, I'll never forget it.
1: So then we need to fast forward a little bit. Um, Mr. Rogers, as Amanda referred to me, goofy little Mr. Rogers, I guess she says. Um, I get a head coaching job. I leave college college coaching, and I decide, let's resume this path as a head coach, so so now we pick back up with the 400-win journey, and uh, Amanda played a tremendous, tremendous part in that, here's a couple of her stories from that.
5: As an assistant coach uh, under Coach Canova, um, I was blessed to work for a man who um, gave their assistant coaches many jobs um, and, and gave them a lot of responsibility. And I think that led to um, me being able to take over a program at St. Paul's and be able to build that from you know where where it was to where it is now. And I, I'm grateful for that. Um, one of my most important jobs was to. Uh, knock on the door and make sure all the girls were were dressed before he came in for pre-game post-game halftime speeches um uh, i had one epic fail regarding this um one halftime uh i knocked on the door i i, I peeked my head around i did a quick sweep everyone was good i told him come on in And uh, so he starts his his halftime speech. Um, You know, I don't know if it's a good or bad one. I I can't remember that. All I know is a couple seconds later, he's like, hey, uh, where's Rachel Kentz? And everyone looks around and, you know, there's like a sudden pause or little pause. And then next thing you know, from around the corner, you hear the toilet flush. And she says, uh, I'm right here. And I just remember the entire locker room cracking up, uh, a big roar. Um, Kent's, uh, you know, I, forgive me. I can't remember if you're a kindergarten teacher or a pre-K teacher um, at UMS uh, now, but uh, I, I just remember she was always in the right places at the right time, said the right things, did the right things. And um, it was just, it was just friggin' awesome um, that that her voice echoes from around the corner as the toilet's flushing and Canova. No Turned three shades of red. Walked around the corner. We all laughed, and, and I, I think we came back uh, came back out and whooped up on uh, whoever we were playing that night.
1: One of my former Lady Bulldogs, who happened to be involved,
5: poke fun at myself. There was one game
2: where we were in the locker room at halftime, and Coach Canova had given a speech, and I thought we were done, and so I go into the bathroom stall before we go back out for the game. And turns out Coach Canova was not done. And he looks around and he goes, where the hell Kent's at? And I'm in the bathroom stall. And I go, I'm in the bathroom. (laughs) I don't think I'll ever forget that story.
1: So slightly different memories, but same story, still funny. Nonetheless, trust me, Coach Niehoff had so many responsibilities and helped me so much. It wasn't just uh, to check to make sure the girls were dressed before pregame, postgame speeches. Um, she did so much for us.
5: I'll never forget uh, the last year I was at UMS before moving to St. Paul's. Um, I was given the task of scouting our second game regional opponent who, who we thought was going to come out of the Sweet 16 game in Dothan. And um, that opponent was strong. Um, And so I collected probably five, six, seven films um, broke down, uh, they ran a lot of sets against uh, man to man. And I broke down probably about 20 different plays and marked how many times they ran those plays and, and what options they hit and how successful they are were. And then Canova and I sat down and we picked uh, three. And we taught uh, three of the most effective and most used sets that they used. And we, we taught the girls those sets, um, and then the, the next plan and the names of those sets and everything. Uh, and, and so they, they knew the three most popular sets they ran. And then, um, I told the girls, um, Anytime they call a play, because they're going to call these three the most, and um, anytime they call a play, we're going to yell it out, point to each other, point to them, and, and make it look like we knew what the heck they were about to do. And and I thought that that would, you know, frustrate them, because there would be a few that we, we did know, and the girls did know, um, like the back of their hands. And uh, I just remember um, when we got to that game, um, and watching that plan unfold and, and looking, you know, looking at Canova and him looking back at me and it, it being successful. Um, and, and I think, um, after the game, when, when we won and we were, we were making that trip to the final four, uh, I remember hugging each other and, and just saying, I can't believe that friggin' worked. Um, and it, it was one of my most memorable moments as an assistant coach. Cause I think it was, um, not, not really the first time, but, um, one of the uh, one of the few times I think uh, a role was given to me where I felt like it can make or break um, our program, and um, to be able to have a boss to uh, like Canova um, to trust his assistants with something like that, um, and then and then also acknowledge um, the the success of that um, um, is forever burned in my memory, and and I'm grateful for it.
1: Here is one of the players from that final four team used to be known as molly sokol now this is molly middleton
6: coach when you bring up or ask about favorite memories and funny stories i mean i have a million that come to mind um so as i was trying to figure out you know what i wanted to say i started jotting a few things down and one thing that came to mind that's gonna, gonna probably be a shock to you It was a shock to me. Um, I'm sure my mom and dad would be shocked about it because I don't think I ever really told them how much it meant to me. But I was in the eighth grade. Um, before the eighth grade season started, I remember we had to sign up for basketball in August or September later. And I was just, you know, I I wasn't running to the office. I wasn't running to Miss Reeves' office to sign up for anything. I didn't think it was a big deal. Well, I'm sitting at the break table with some of my friends in the lunchroom and all of a sudden I see coach Amanda storm in and, and you immediately followed. And I looked at y'all, um, you know, my eyes got big. I was like, what are they doing in here? Cause y'all both were staring at me and you motioned for me to get up and leave my friends and go sit with you for a minute. And I was like, all right, you know, um, this is cool. <laughs> why, why does he, why does he want to see me? And you sat me down and, and, and you basically, all you did was ask, why why haven't you signed up yet and i remember that whole day being why does he care if i play basketball i haven't dribbled my 7th grade year i did not dribble the ball one time i'd catch the ball at half court wouldn't dribble and even like at the time i don't think i re- i don't think i realized how much that meant to me but looking back on it now i mean it's been 7 years since i played basketball at UMS. and um looking back on it now, that is the epitome of our entire relationship. Um, You instilled a confidence in me at a very young age. Um, And just from that, that point on, I mean, there were so many times where my confidence was down or I wouldn't realize why, you know, what you saw in me, but we just had this trust in each other that I, you know, I'm still amazed about. Our coach-to-player relationship is something that I will cherish forever, and it's something that I think about every single day, um, you know, at work and and, and now in the
1: real world. We thought we were going to lose a couple players, and so I had to reach out to my little leader again, Miss Molly Sokol, and uh, see if she could help us get ready.
6: Maybe move schools, quit, and you called me in your office, which again, surprised me, you know, why does, I didn't, I didn't have a spectacular freshman year, talent-wise, um, you, you brought me in your office, and you, and you, asked me how I felt about being, you know, getting moved from guard to point guard, and I remember looking at you and laughed, and I was like, are you serious, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I am i do not like to dribble, <laughs> um, but I, you know, and something I found out later on is, is you just saw something in me. You saw something in that seventh and eighth grade player and that, that ninth grader who, who just couldn't do a whole lot with the basketball, but she she worked her tail off, you know, every chance she had. And so I said, you know what? If you want me to be point guard, you want me to be post player, you want me to whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Well, we start summer and then stuff really starts hitting the fan and only person that's left is me to play point guard you could have moved a couple people into that position but you're like nope molly molly's got this and i was i, I remember you were getting the starting five you're splitting up the starting uh, the varsity and the jv and I, I walked over to the jv side and you were like uh-uh turn. <laughs> you're, you're, you're over here you know you, you better you better grow up real quick and I, I, I did, I had a fantastic summer that year. And, um, I remember after the summer we heard, or maybe it was starting sophomore season. We get word that everybody's coming back or just about, and it would have been the perfect time to put me right back at the, you know, um, you know, to take me out of starting five and you grabbed, you brought me back to your office again and you told me, you know, what you did this summer did not go on there. Just you know, no matter what happens, you know, I got you, and that that was awesome. Um, knowing, you know, at, that was really where the the leadership and the and the trust became prevalent. Um, you know, you you telling me, you you assuring me that I, that you've got me because I got you. Um, I had your back, you had not I, I would have jumped through fire for you, and I know you would have done the same for me, um, and I'm pretty sure you did. I know that you, um, at school, other coaches, I mean, to put, put me in that position versus other people on our teammate, I mean, other people on our team, um, you know, I definitely wasn't the obvious choice, but you and I just had this trust in each other and this, and this want, you know, to prove everybody wrong, um. And I mean, like I said earlier, I cherish our relationship, those little things, those little conversations that we had, just knowing that, you know, no matter what happens, like, like we got, we've got each other's back. Um, And I just, I I could just go on and on and on. One thing I did want to bring up is your 200th win my junior year. Um, You know, we talk about me not being the obvious choice to make a game winner or, to be the, you know, the shot that could win the game or to tie the game. So we were playing on the floor who were amazing. I mean, this was our junior year. Our senior year, they went undefeated, won the state championship. I mean, they were insane. Well, Lauren Lomax scored, or we were down to, and Lomax uh, scored and put us into overtime, and <laughs> that was amazing. Well, we're getting down I think it was 21 seconds left And we call a play We draw up a play for one of our two A thousand point scores So all I'm trying to do is stay out of the way <laughs> And I remember um, I remember she gets the ball And she starts driving at the basket I'm like no 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 no! what are you doing Like, We gotta we gotta get a three And she passed it to me And the clock's ticking And I've, I remember almost catching it in my belly Like not expecting her to throw it to me and all of a sudden, I'm looking around. I'm like, "Oh my god, is this ball in my hands right now? Like, this is not right. This is not supposed to happen." And I guess I—I I don't know—I—I I shot it, and I freaking made it. And uh, I just—it went—it went crazy. I went crazy. I, I was so shocked. Um, but tied the ball game. Um, you know, as your junior point guard who averaged probably five points a game. You know, not your number one choice to shoot that shot, but. You know, I did, I took advantage of it And that that was just such an awesome memory Um, At that time I was I was a captain by that time But I just Again, our conversations after that game And after You know Not only was this Our two seniors team, but this was my team too I'd earned that respect from you And from our other teammates And and now making that play You know, now I had the confidence And like I've said over and over and over again, you have instilled that confidence in me from a very young age. And now in the real world at my job, I think back at our player coach relationship and know, you know, just, just keep, keep going, you know, have confidence, never give up no matter how hard it gets. Um, but I miss you every day coach. I wish I could, I wish I could, I wish I could have been on your 400th win team. Um, Y'all are, y'all are awesome. Y'all got it going on. So, love you, Coach.
1: And finally, I think this is a good one to close with. Um, we got our 400th win this year, as we've been talking about, and um, we really, really, really wanted to get it last year. The way things lined up, it was set up to, for us to be able to get that in Birmingham at the Final Four and uh, surpass it by winning the state championship. Things didn't happen like that, and irony would have it. One of my dear, dear friends, one of my colleagues, and someone you've heard several stories from in this podcast, was the one who knocked us out in the Elite Eight last year to go to the Final Four. It was a tough, tough loss. It was hard to swallow because you don't always have a team good enough to win it all, and I thought we did last year. We were just beat by a better team that, way, that day. And uh, here's Coach Amanda Niehoff talking about that. As a
5: head coach, I got to experience my um, favorite memory and um, so far my worst memory in my career uh, all on the same day. And uh, it's Coach Canova's fault, uh, of course. Um, I coach at St. Paul's and he coaches at UMS Right. And uh, last year and the year before, we were uh, both in the same area. And we always joked, if we were doing our jobs right, we would see each other four times. Uh, Two times in the regular season, one time in the area tournament. And if we were both getting it done, um, in the regional finals. Uh, last year we faced each other in the regional finals. Um, it was after his, his his team just whooped my tail in the um, area tournament, and um, um, so we were we were matched up again in the regional finals to, to go to the final four, and uh, um, you know. It was an amazing game. Uh, I think I think my kids went twenty two for twenty four from the free throw line, and um, you know it came down to the wire. Ended up being a five point game, and so as as my favorite memory as head coach so far is um, earning the the right to, to go to the final four in Birmingham. Um, my my worst memory is that my friend. Um, my former uh, coach that I played for, uh, my colleague that I worked for, and he gave me my first opportunity. Worked for him for six years, um, you know, and and now you know um, coaching against him um, and all the work I know that he puts in, and all the love that he pours, and the passion that he coached with. Um, I, I, You know, my, my, my team or my group uh, was, was the reason why um, uh, his season was over, and, uh, and it's still, it's, you know, six months later or however far, and, and I, I still have that, you know, pride of what my, my program has done or, you know, had done, but also you know, in my gut or that lump in your throat because, um, I know that, you know, I was the reason why his his season was over. Um, and I don't think I will ever forget that. Um, uh, and more importantly, um, just the way he handled it. I mean, I think it was the you know a couple hours later he sent me a message and it still uh, uh, chokes me up a bit. But he just poured love and pride into to what we were what we were able to do, and um, it just meant so much to me that you know um, he was able to um, um, say that to me, and I, I truly believe he felt it, um, and and I'll forever uh, be grateful for his words.
1: Well, coaches, players, everybody, I hope you enjoy this episode. To all my players, whether you were able to send a message or not, thank you for allowing me to coach you for the last 30-plus years. This is a wonderful, wonderful profession, and this podcast will explain why we do what we do. For those of you coaches going through tough patches, been there, done that, let some of, the, some of these words of my former players inspire you to keep working, keep driving, keep giving. But you got to love them first, coaches. You got to love them first. You got to love them with everything you got. You got to make sacrifices for them. And if you do, they will give you every single ounce of what they have. My team right now is 4 0. We play again tomorrow night. And uh, until we get to 500, <laughs> um, I appreciate everybody listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoy it as much as I will enjoy listening to this over and over and over again. Uh, because I truly love everybody who sent this, and like I said, even those who weren't able to to get me a message. We'll catch you next week. See you guys.
0: That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A big thank you to everyone who has continued to make this podcast become so popular. Please continue to share with your friends and colleagues. And when you have time, please take a minute to give it a five-star rating. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode.